If you've uh, joined us as we've been worshipping the Lord together, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We're uh, in this theme uh, called Growing Up and looking at various things within life and spirituality and uh, looking at maturing as Christians. Uh, you know, he doesn't leave us as, as orphans. He doesn't want us to remain as infants. But one of the things on God's heart is that we would mature and we would mature spiritually and we would deepen in our relationship with God and that would be displayed through the things that we do. And uh, so we've been looking at, you know, kind of getting healed up on past hurts and releasing forgiveness. We're going to look at some other things as well. But what we started last week and what we're going to conclude this week is, is the whole area of generosity and looking at being, uh, giving God everything. We sang the song there, God be in my this, be in my that, be in everything. And, and truly, truly, if we're to give of, us, of our whole selves, it's to give of our finances. Uh, Wimber used to say that commitment is spelled M-O-N-E-Y. And you might have heard it said that the last thing to convert of a person is their wallet. You might have heard that one before, but it's, it's, it's one of the things. And so when Jesus taught, you'd strip apart the Gospels. I, I read this once, that one in seven words that Jesus spoke of was about money and possessions. You think, boy, if he spoke about that, then, then we should be doing that. And I think what's happened in our culture and in our society is that we've gotten awkward about money. And we've gotten awkward. It was funny, a friend of mine, one of you here said to me during the week, he said, the more that I have spoken about money, uh, the more relaxed that he's felt about hearing about money. And, and, and the truth be told, when I first even had to kind of mention the whole area of, uh, of money and of giving, I felt dreadfully awkward about it. And I think that's what culture has done. It's kind of said, no, you, that's too private. That's your own thing. And whilst finances and all that stuff is private and it is your own kind of thing, you share that with your spouse, if you're married, your partner uh, together, it is a private thing. Actually, it's a private thing between you and God, and we want to say that right from the outset, but actually, it is a really, really key discipline and a sign of maturity and a sign of relationship with God. And that's why it's so important, and that's why uh, we're delving into this this week. This little girl's called Hattie. Hattie Mae White, you might know this story. She was a six-year-old girl and she attended a church. This is many, many years, in 1886, uh, 84, in fact, uh, in Philadelphia. She said to her minister, a man called Russell Conwell, uh, and he, she said to him, I just love Sunday school, but this building, this room just simply isn't big enough for all the children to come. And um, he said, when are we going to get buildings big enough? And uh, she said, I hope that you will get buildings big enough one day. It's so crowded in here, and I'm afraid to go there alone. And the minister said, whenever we get the money, we'll construct a, a, a building big enough that all the children can come. Two years later, sadly, at the age of eight, she died. This little girl, Hattie, she died. And after the funeral, her mummy went to the minister with a bag that she'd found under the little girl's pillow uh, that had 57 cents in change that she'd saved up, along with a note in her own handwriting saying this, to help build the little temple bigger so that more children can go to Sunday school. And the minister took that money, the 57 cents, and broke it up 
and sold each cents for more money. And so it began. $250 was raised from that 57 cents of just simply buying little coins off this. And then it was multiplied again. And the Wyatt Mite Society was created. That 57 cents continued to multiply over the years with that same sort of principle. And 26 years later, in a talk entitled The History of the 57 Cents, the minister explained the results of the devotion of that little girl with the 57 cents that a church was created with a membership of 5,600 people. They built a hospital where tens of thousands of people were treated. 80,000 young people went to university and 2,000 people left that place to go preach the gospel. And all of this came or started from the investment of a little girl who saved her pocket change. Multiplication is a kingdom dynamic. I can't really explain it. I can't, it's, it, you can't explain the kingdom, right? Well, you kind of can, and Jesus did lots of stories to explain the kingdom, right? But there's some things that we, the actual effects of it, you just can't explain. Think of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, that's absolutely bonkers. Uh, insults our intelligence, absolutely. But it came from a boy's packed lunch. The loaves and the fishes. And it came again from a child. It came from a child. It's like, there it is. That's enough. Jesus takes that and says, that's enough. I, I can work with that. And he multiplied that to feed many, many, many people. It's a kingdom dynamic. But he invites us to play. And he invites us to uh, invest with what we have. Often it is the children that lead us. Uh, one of our children, this is a while back, one of our children had five pounds, and it was in around the time where we were sharing various things about Ethiopia and Stand By Me and some of the children that we sponsor, and uh, it was Sam, our eldest, I try and protect their, um, that's the one, uh, when I tell stories about my children, I'm quite particular about that, but I'm going to tell him because it's a good story. Um, if it's a negative story, I'll kind of, kind of not tell the name, but because it's a good one, I'll tell him. So it was our eldest Sam, he, 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 he broke the five pounds up and not broke it, you know what I mean? He gave me two pounds of the five. And he said, Daddy, I want that money to go to stand by me. And we took it to our friend Alistair, who many of you know. And Alistair was just blown away and he writes a certificate. Now he's blue tacked this picture of this little girl and the donation, Sam Daniel, to his ceiling where he sleeps, the top bunk he sleeps on. And there's the image, yeah, two pounds. Two pounds from five. Now anyone who's half good at maths can work out that's like a quadruple tithe, isn't it? And you just think, my goodness, isn't that amazing? We're totally blown away by that. But here's the thing. It kind of got me thinking. It's like, it's easier to, it's, I think it's easier to tithe 10 pounds than it is to tithe 10,000 pounds, isn't it? You think, a pound out of 10, well, sure, I'm not going to notice that. I've still got nine. A thousand out of 10,000? Man, I could buy a new bike for that. And all of you are thinking what you could buy for a thousand pounds, aren't you? Because it just seems like such a crazy amount of money. And yet, actually, no, that's the principle. That's the principle, isn't it? So we're going to look at the scriptures together. And then I'm going to show, uh, present some, some facts and figures, which are going to be really, really frank and really honest this morning. And I hope that it's helpful to you. Chance, why don't you come and read this? And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. 
In the midst of very, a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their, own, their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to, to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. this sorry <laughs> it's not my morning remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all you need you will abound in every good work Okay, so we're going to whiz through this together. Uh, we're in 2 Corinthians, and Paul is writing to the church there. And uh, he refers in this beginning of this passage to the church in Macedonia. He's referring to the churches that he planted there on his second missionary trip. He, he went on four big journeys, by the way, around all the surrounding nations, many, many miles away from where he would have left from Jerusalem. And uh, in the churches in Macedonia that he would have planted, and Philippi, and Th Thessalonica, and uh, Berea, these churches, he is making comparison with them to the church in Corinth. And it's a little bit of competition that he's using here. He's saying those churches, they were absolutely amazing. Out of their poverty, they gave. Out of overflowing grace and joy, they gave as much as they were able and sometimes beyond what they were actually able to give. They did it by themselves and they pleaded to be a part of the Lord's service. Now, this giving, Paul would have urged other churches that he would have planted in the Gentile nation was to actually support the church in Jerusalem, the Jewish church. The converts that had been converted in Jerusalem because there was famine and great poverty amongst them. So lots of the other churches, he would have gone to them and said, listen guys, would you, would you give to this? Would you give to the, to the disciples and to the people there in Jerusalem? It was known as the Jerusalem Collection. And he wasn't uh, you know, behind the back door about it. It was very, very upfront just to support and to distribute or to redistribute wealth. And the churches there in Macedonia were very, very keen to do this. And... Um, Paul devoted uh, 10 years of his ministry to, to such things. It says here um, in this next passage, first they gave themselves to the Lord, then they gave. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then they gave. 
And remember last week's passage. If you were here last week or you've listened to it online, we talked about the sinful woman, how she gave as she poured out the perfume on Jesus' feet as, an, as a display of devotion, as a sacrifice, as her offering to Jesus because of what God had, because of what he had done for her. He had met her. He had, um, she was so overwhelmed being in his presence uh, that she lavished this upon him. And here they had met, they, had, uh, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then they gave. And there's a principle there. When we meet with God and, and we experience his love and his grace and everything, we begin to sing those songs that says, be my everything. And that includes this, it includes the area of generosity. So Paul sends Titus uh, to the church in Corinth to help them embark on this area and, and this journey of generosity. And he does the following. He commends them for their faith. Paul writes to them saying, you, you know, guys, you're doing great in faith, in speech, your knowledge. You're just fantastic. Your earnestness and your love. But I want you, church in Corinth, not only to be good in those things, but I really want you to excel, to be really, really great too in the grace of giving. My guess is this, that if Paul was here and Paul had planted this church, this is maybe what he might say to us as a church. I say, guys, you are excellent at welcoming people. Wouldn't that be fair to say? Oh, the man at times people say to us, Ah, oh, we just felt so welcome when we came to your church. And there was, there was enough people that just said hi, but they weren't over-friendly and made us feel kind of awkward. That's fantastic. You might say, guys, you know, you are excellent. You excel in creating community. See all those groups that you do? The sewing group and the running group. I hear is amazing. <laughs> and, the, and the rest, you want to see the scones they serve at rest on a Friday morning. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. We just feel uh, just so loved in those different places. You're brilliant at that. Um, we're excellent at giving and serving of ourselves. The number of you that sign up and give of yourselves to our teams on a Sunday morning, seeing the cars there early every Sunday, and you're, you're serving teas and coffees, and you're getting stuck in. You're just excellent at that. Guys, your worship. Isn't your worship just excellent? I mean, we just, we just stand there and whenever you just start plinking and plonking on the ivory there, you're just like, oh, just, I'm just there. You excel in worship. Your teaching's a bit ropey, but... <laughs> now, I, I think it's fair to say those things, right? Here's the thing. Now, I want you to excel in this area of generosity. When we um, felt the Lord say to us at the beginning of the year, grow up, this is a key area for us as a church, folks, that we would grow in, that we would uh, grow, that we would excel in being generous so that he can take that and he can use that and he can multiply that through what we do. And so that you can grow too. Sometimes you, you, you're feeling, some of you now already are probably feeling a bit awkward and I don't want you to, but I do want you to know this, that as you give, you will be blessed as a result. 
Why? Because the Bible says it loads and loads. Why? Because we have experienced the blessing that comes. Why? Because I know other individuals that give generously and continue to do so because God just can't stop giving you more. You might have heard this. You can't outgive the giver. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you it's, it's a kingdom thing. It's a principle. It's a dynamic. And he says, test me in it. Test me. There's a thing I read about online, and I was contemplating doing it, and you're probably glad that we're not going to do it, and it is a wrong thing to do it, I think. But there's loads of churches in America. They do a 90-day tithing challenge. It's like, it's like you tithe for three months, and if God hasn't blessed you, then you get your money back. Now, that's American, right? Any Americans, forgive me. But, uh, but I, I, kind of, I kind of like the principle, right? Because it's almost like God's saying, test me in it, test me in it. Go for it, have a go and just see. Just see. And that, that's the bit that I like about it. I think it's a bit, you know what I mean. We're not going down that road, folks, don't worry. So, uh, we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead, I think. Oh, no, here we go. Paul says that I'm not commanding you. And he doesn't command them. Command is such a strong word, okay? It's like, I'm telling you to do this. And Paul doesn't do that, even though he kind of earned the right to do that. But he doesn't do that because simply he says this, um, I would rather test the sincerity of your hearts. Is it really real? Does it really mean, do you really mean this? Giving, as I said before, is a direct link between where your hearts are at. It's the temperature gauge. Those who've been forgiven much, love much. Therefore, this generosity thing is not an arm up the back job, right? It's not a let's go to the cash machine together job, okay? It's not that way at all. It's not a you must do this thing. It's a we're just throwing it out there. And it's really, it's the sincerity of the heart. And then he likens it to Jesus. Even though he was rich, he became poor so that through his poverty, we might be rich. And when we truly experience his richness, and we're not just talking about monetary stuff, comes from him, we naturally, without being commanded, just have this compulsion to give. It just comes. It's an overflow of the heart. And we are skipping into the next chapter there's quite a bit more there and an introduction in chapter 9 that you can read again later. But some great principles in here. We reap what we sow in many areas of our lives. You can apply that principle time and time again. But if we are generous, we will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. And that is the disclaimer that I'm writing right now that says this is not me telling you this is in your heart between you and the father it's between you and God you should not be reluctant to give but on the flip side neither should you be under any compulsion or force to give God loves a cheerful giver and it is more blessed to give than to receive picture the parent and the child that gives the parent as much joy, more joy giving than it does actually receiving the gift. God is able to bless you abundantly 
having all that you need at all times. Now, let's be frank. I'm going to spend just a few few minutes just unpacking a few figures and things. Uh, and I kind of, I felt like permission from the Lord to do this. I, I believe you me, I've waded up. There were uh, lots of things I wanted to share. And I felt that God's given me permission to share these things with you because it's responsible to do this. And, uh, and I hope helpful for us to all grasp. Now, here's the thing. Some of you might be offended by it, okay? And if you are, go home offended, okay, and think about it and pray about it. And if come Wednesday evening you're still offended and you, you're offended with me because of what I've said, then email me and we can meet on Thursday and Friday and we can talk about this. In fact, we're, yes, but you can still, okay, still get in touch with me. <laughs> I haven't left the country. I'm in Coleraine. Thursday and Friday, okay? Um, but, but, but do that. Don't, don't do it immediately, okay? But let it sit and pray about it and then come back to me if you're annoyed at me. Now, if you're offended and you go away and you think about that, but actually, it's actually you need to be, then talk to God about it, right? That's my second disclaimer done. And you're all sitting there going, what's he going to say next? This is exciting. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so this is our expenditure for April. We spent, as a church, over £5,000 uh, last April. And uh, the first figure there is salaries. Uh, the salaries are, uh, Steve is, uh, is paid tw 20 hours a week, even though he works more than 20 hours a week. Uh, and Chantelle and I together are paid for 20 hours a week, even though we both work 20 hours each per week. And we just want you to know that. Um, tax and professional fees, 407 pounds. That's just boring stuff, right? They're costs, but we have to pay it. Uh, venue costs, in terms of using the space here and down there, and that's not without heat and lighting. Well, partly it is for, for, this, for this space. Uh, that's what we spent. And then running costs, we could break that down to lots of individual things. And if you want to know, you know, actually how much, we, what is it, 60 pound, how much we spend on coffee? 160 pound just on coffee. That's just buying the coffee. Yeah, tea and cups and all that sort of stuff and, and all the rest. And then the giving, the 764, that is split between three ways. We give 5% uh, to Source Pregnancy uh, Resource uh, Counseling Service in Carrick, Fergus. And we give 5% to Stand By Me. And we sponsor uh, five children in Bokaji in Ethiopia. And they get their education, get their food paid for. And 5% goes to Vineyard Churches, UK and Ireland. And that helps resource uh, the wider church and helps pioneer other church plants and uh, the wider ministry there. So that was our expenditure. That's what we spent in the month. Now this is our income uh, during the month. The £190 is a, a little bit of additional income that we got from uh, other folks that use our venue. Uh, but the rest of that is there uh, for you to see. And uh, so you can see from April we made a slight loss. But I want you to be assured that over the last kind of eight months uh, we're actually up by 1,600 pounds, which is, two, if you work it out across the way, because sometimes 
more and less and all that sort of thing. It's 200 pounds extra per month, which is great. So we're, we're ticking along. We're ticking along. But we're not positioning ourselves in such a way as we can develop things and grow things. And I don't know about you. It's easy for me because I stand here and I look at all your beautiful faces. But the rows are going further and further back each week. So we are growing. And I give you more stats another time. It's so thrilling. It's such a thrill to see new faces each week and for new faces to begin to stick and journey and uh, do life with us. It's absolutely thrilling. So we are growing, but we really uh, need to be positioning ourselves monetary-wise to sustain the growth. Otherwise, we'll just kind of hit a ceiling. And we really do sense that God is on us for more and, and for more favor, more grace, and, and greater impact. So we are a church of over 200 people. Uh, we did the, I worked out and wrote down loads and loads of different names of people. Um, and we think that there are 112 adults and 90 children uh, across who would consider, I think, hand on heart, you'd consider Carrick Vineyard Church to be your church. So we take that figure uh, for April's income and we divide that by 112 adults and it works out at 43 pound uh, 57, I think it's 56 actually. What's a penny in this? Uh, so that's per adult in terms of average uh, giving. Uh, but there are 75 adults out of that 112 who give on a, in a traceable way, in a way that we know that you're giving and uh, you're, you're giving. That works out at 67%. So two-thirds of, of adults uh, are giving on a regular basis, in a, in a tangible way. So if we took the 4,800 pounds, we divided that by 75 instead of 112, that works out at 65 pounds per adult. That's the average of those of you who are giving. Now, I wonder how these figures make, make you think or how they make you feel. And um, Again, this is not in any way uh, intended in any sort of guilt kind of way at all. Um, but I do want you to ask yourself this question. Is giving a priority? Is giving God uh, financially a, a priority? That's quite in your face, isn't it? And I, I kind of wondered, oh, should I use that? And I looked for other ones. And I thought, do you know, no, let's, let's just be frank. And um, this fellow, James, who was a fundraiser and worked for Notre Dame University and all the rest and he, he said this thing I just think it coins it really really well is is giving financially a priority is it about putting God first budget preparation I wonder not going to do a show of hands I wonder how many of you do kind of personal budgets and things I'd like to say we did it all the time but we probably do it do it once every year or two or so and we look at what's coming in and then we kind of work out, well, how are we going to kind of juggle things? Um, it's kind of what you do on the Cap Money course, by the way, which is absolutely brilliant, a, a shameless plug there for the course. Um, but really, in terms of if you're going to put God first for your finances, this is what I would think, is you work out what's coming in, and the first thing you do is you work out what's coming out. What are you going to give to God? That should be the first thing. That should be it. And it kind of likened it to what's known as the first fruits. The first fruits is an Old Testament principle 
um, that was handed down. And the first fruits really was a, was a little bit like harvest. We know the harvest festival. You bring in all the fruit and the vegetables and all that sort of thing. The first fruits was really a portion of the produce that was, was, uh, was created. And that was taken, a portion of that, and it was handed to the priests and it was given to them, and that was an offering. It was kind of saying, God, here's the harvest. Look at this field. Look at the grain. Look at this. And you take a portion of it. You take it to the priest. You say, there. There it is, God. Because you have provided that for me, and I'm giving you the first. I'm giving you the best. I'm giving you the first cut, and it's yours. And as I do that, I remind myself of what you did for us. I remind the journey that you had us on, how you took us from slavery, from Egypt. You took us through the wandering, through the desert, into the promised land, into the land flowing with milk and honey, that amazing, rich, resourced area that we could farm, we could create families, and we could have everything that we need in that place. And we're going to choose to remember you by giving you the first. So when the money comes in, you're working out, you're going, that's, that's, that's the money. That's what's going to give. And then I, my mortgage repayment, my Sky TV, my mobile bills, the electric, the that, the that, the that. And then there's food, and then there's that, and then there's that. And the truth is that for lots of folks, it's kind of like, oh, well, what can I afford? I'm going to give the God and charities, what, what can I afford? That, that amount, that'll do, that'll do. And that's a bit like, that's a bit, that's insulting. That's like giving God the leftovers. It's like working out, well, this is, this is the field that I've created. Ah, oh, fantastic. And I'm going to give, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. Oh, there's a little bit there. That, oh, cut that, that's yours, God. Now, I'm sorry, folks, if that's offensive. But that's the reality. Instead of saying, God, this is what you've given to us. Everything is yours. Everything you've given to me. And here's what I'm choosing to give to you. And thank you that the rest is going to be enough to get me through. Now, pause. I totally appreciate and understand that for some folks, if you are in a position of, of financial difficulty where there's great debt that this is a real struggle for you to listen to then this is for you that this is not for you okay there's an area where you just need to write off the debts and get to a place where you're then able to okay so another comment that was given during the week which was super helpful for me was this person said right now I just don't I just can't give because of debt and we're just like but, and the person felt like that was okay. And I said to them, it is okay. You are, we do not want you to be under compulsion to give out of something that you're already in debt in. No. Okay? Here we go. This quote here is taken from 2 Samuel 24. David builds an altar to the Lord. And it's on land that belongs to a man whose name I can't really pronounce very well. And he offers it to him. This man says to David, you have the land and you take some oxen and you can sacrifice the Lord on this altar that God's commanded you to build and you can have all that for free. And David's like, no, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice the Lord 
my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And so David bought them and he paid money to the man so that he can have them. A sacrifice that costs us nothing. What we give should be a sacrifice. It should cost us. Now, it gets better. <laughs> Let's dream a little together. So we're on this journey of growth. And growing means an ever-increasing lifestyle of generosity. And again, I'm going to use this phrase. It is not equal amounts. It's equal sacrifice. Okay? If you're bringing home 10,000 pounds and you're bringing home 100,000 pounds, it's equal sacrifice. It's not equal amounts. But what if those who follow the principle of tithing chose to be even more generous with what they're giving? They choose to give more away. What if the number of people that you're giving, but you're moving towards a tithe, what if those of you who are giving but wanted to lean more into a, a more generous uh, offering, what if those of you who are not giving started to give? What would that mean? What would that mean for us as a church? It would mean that we would, as we sow more generously, we would reap more generously. Like Hattie Wyatt, our generosity would be multiplied. God is multiplying the number of people who are coming. He's multiplying the environments that we have. God is multiplying our effectiveness with people in this town. And for this to continue, it costs money. Ministry costs money, I'm afraid to say. We're in the business of changing lives. We're in the business of changing this town. Changing lives and changing this community costs money. Our current staffing uh, provision right now is at its max. It's at its max. And uh, in time, we need, to, uh, we need to change that. We need to increase that. We need to appoint a children's pastor. We have 90 children out of 202, and that's 45% of this church are under the age of 18. Praise the Lord. How many churches would give their right arm for the amount of children that we have it's absolutely brilliant and amazing that we have them. And you're, those of you who are parents, you're sitting here, you will know the benefit that your children have had and are having from the spaces and the environment that are created here. And we thank and we honor those people that give of themselves week in, week out. The people, there are 10 or probably 11 adults and teenagers now serving in those environments. Especially we thank Gillian Grant who gives many hours of her week every single week for free and for nothing. Appointing a children's pastor is a must for us. It is a priority. And regardless of whether the money is there or not, in faith, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the two other directors, or the three directors of which I am one of them, uh, will make a decision come September that we will, uh, we will be very strongly looking to appoint a children's pastor uh, to do that. Um, with this money, we can continue to serve the people of our town, the directors. And by the way, the other two, those of you who don't know, is Andy Smith from Belfast City Vineyard and uh, Ricky Wright, who's from Causeway Coast Vineyard. We recently agreed we gave £1,000 to Jordan Victory Church here in Carrick to offset the cost they spent 
uh, a lot of money um, to set up the, the Carrick Fergus Food Bank. And we wanted, as we partnered with them, we wanted to pay our way. And, and so we gave them a thousand pounds, which they weren't expecting, but we wanted to sow into the kingdom. We want to sow into releasing favor amongst the poor. Our rest cafe that runs on Friday, our tiny tots, our cap money course, the different agencies that we connect with throughout the week, the various uh, gifts and offerings that we do, say at Christmas time, and we have done at other times of the year. We want to be known in the town as a generous people. We want to be known by people. Carrick Vineyard, that's the church. They just want to give away. They just want to give. They want to help in some way that they can. Through increased generosity, we will be able to release more finance to, um, to Vineyard National to help resource and send and plant other churches. And for Stand By Me, that we will continue to invest in little faces that we will see on a screen that some of us hopefully next summer will get to go and meet, but many of us won't get to meet, that we'll be changing lives and changing community in the fantastic continent of Africa. And then lastly, we would like to be able to buy our own building. We launched this in January, and we, we said that our desire at some point was to be able to have a home of our own. And to date, we have gathered uh, nearly 8,000 pounds that you have sown generously, that you have given generously uh, towards. Several of you have mentioned to us about buildings. Wouldn't that be an amazing building? Wouldn't, oh, I see that building. It's been sitting there lying for age. Wouldn't that be amazing? And in our hearts and our heads, we're going, yes, it would. Yes, it would. You're absolutely right, it would. If we had the cash, we'd be going to the estate agents tomorrow costs money folks that's the reality of it and uh, but with us together giving sowing in generously all of these things and more can take place going back to little Hattie what a story what a champion she gave of the little pocket change and it started a movement. It started a whole thing and it released the kingdom through multiplication. Folks, if you have um, questions regarding any of this stuff, then please come and talk. So if you want to know how our finances are uh, governed and how we do this, we have a really strict financial policy of how money is dealt with and done and decisions are made and all that sort of stuff. Love to chat you through that. Um, here's the. Here's us coming into land. It's dead easy. Give. That's it. If you don't give, and you'd like to give, Steve's your man. Go talk to Steve. If you're sitting there and you're thinking need to get this sorted, need to do something about this, then do something about it. If you need to have a conversation with your spouse, because obviously there's two of you in there with the purse strings going on, then do that. And again, fully appreciate there could be some of you, you're coming from a partnership where one of you is here and your spouse isn't a Christian or doesn't come to church and I fully appreciate that's awkward or can be an awkward kind of conversation. And again, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's that.
But folks, go before the Lord. I can say nothing more, but go before him. Search your hearts and have that conversation. But as the Bible teaches, as you give, you will receive. And we can tell you loads of stories and other people can too. I'm encouraging you strongly this morning. But I'm not telling you. It is between you and the Father. And that's that. Amen.